3: These days, having versatile clothing you can wear anywhere is a must. That's why American Giant makes clothing that fits into your life and is made to last. Plus, with an impressive selection of staples to choose from, there's something for everyone. And it's all made right here in the USA. Find your new wardrobe staples at American-Giant.com and get 20% off your order when you use code WA23 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com. Promo code WA23.
0: Tonight on Black Girl Stuff.
4: Randy's more like, I want to be down. Monica's like, you got to get down. Hey. Right?
1: We have the legendary Dallas Austin in the house. And he reveals the one artist that got away.
4: I would go to the studio with him every day, play drums, play keyboards. And I would go to Sylvia Rowan and I'm like, yo, this kid's a star. He's like living with me. This kid's incredible. You got to let me sign him. It's like Dallas, kids are on the end right now. I'm going to drink my wine every day of the hour, getting
0: tipsy, getting drunk like I'm at happy hour. Hold on
2: liquid courage ever had you talking sideways and i'm getting to the bottom of the drake
0: and 21 drama
4: i'm behind him, <laughs> <I'm laughs> no, him. he's standing on i'm standing on it too
0: but first we're going in the comments to discuss how to keep a woman's
4: interest she'll tell you what she wants she'll tell you what she need she'll tell you how to treat her. you just got to pay attention to the signs.
0: all that and more tonight on black girl, girl stuff Welcome to Black Girl Stuff. Let's go in the comments and see how secure cuffing season really is. So ladies, after all the courting is done and the cuffing season is over and you've officially been cuffed, it's time to fill the fellas in on how to keep his lady locked down. Let's take a look at a word from Deion Sanders.
4: Sometimes we lose focus. We start loving what's outside the house instead of what's inside the house. Cause that thing inside is very emotional and we got to treat it as such. She'll tell you what she wants, she'll tell you what she need. She'll tell you how to treat her. You just got to pay attention to the signs.
0: Amen. I hope y'all paying attention. Okay, Okay, so ladies, (laughs) what are some signs that the fellas may not know that shows when a woman is unhappy in her relationship? Oh, girl, that's real
1: good. I got two for y'all. Okay. Okay, so one is if she keeps asking her friends, should she leave or to ask her <laughs> friends for advice? That's, <laughs> that's no a sign. Right. <laughs> <laughs> for real. That means she's straddling the fence. She don't know, like, y'all think my man cheating? Hi, yeah, you think your right. man cheating if you think he's cheating. Okay. <laughs> right. So that's one. Another thing is if your woman is staying busy and she with her friends, she's trying to stay more focused on her career and she's not giving you that attention, she's just trying to low-key distance herself
2: and focus on herself. Yes. You, you, you can yes. tell. Yes. That last one is definitely relatable. I think the biggest one, at least for me, is when I stop asking you for things. Come or so on. I, literally, I don't even bring it up anymore. I it's don't bring I up how it. I'm feeling. I don't bring up how you can be better. I don't try to problem solve with you and problem solve this relationship. Because low key, I'm like, my problem will be solved when you're not here anymore. You already, already checked like that. out. No, that no That's more. what I got to do. You <laughs> already, mentally already
1: mentally
3: checked yeah. out. You already mentally checked out. Yeah. For mm-hmm. me, I don't play any games. If I'm unhappy, you're going to know that I'm unhappy because I'm going to straight up tell you that. Now, if we go beyond that and you're not Mm -hmm. fixing the issues that I have brought to your clear, undivided attention, then, yeah, I'm going to withdraw totally. But I feel like by then the relationship's already over. But I'm going to let you know because I love to be happy.
0: I love being happy. (laughs) (laughs) So when we talk about building the bond, the fellas need to know, like, when they do have your attention, what are some things that they can do to keep and maintain and grow that bond with you? I feel like it's so important to be proactive when
3: you're with a woman or definitely me. Um, just look for the voids, what's missing in my life. I mean, I'm going to come to you. I'm going to have problems and stress. And it's such a beautiful thing when you don't even have to ask somebody and they already take it on and, and problem solve. I think one of the nicest things anyone has ever done for me, I was in this terrible situation. I was meeting up with one of my friends for my birthday in Dallas when they were going to Miami, but then she wasn't picking me up from the airport. She wanted to throw all, you know, this kind of fit. And I told him what was going on, and he was like, "Uh, say less, I'm sending private car service to come get you. You'll have a black car for the entire day. I didn't have to say anything. I didn't have to ask for anything. It was somebody seeing something that Demetria needed and, like, let me do that. That's that Superman behavior. That's what I look for. That's what I love. That's real. I think for
2: me, like... I had to analyze what my love language is, right? And so I don't know if y'all took the test, but I definitely (laughs) did. And I had my ex-man take it too. And so for me, I realized like my two, it was tied, two love languages was one, words of affirmation and gifts. Mm -hmm. And so for me, he, I took the test with him, obviously and told him that. And I think for him to like, it really showed me how much he showed up because then afterwards he would write notes about how he felt and would leave it different places so that I would find the notes. I was like, that's super cute. So being romantic in that sense. But the notes sometimes were left with a little present. And I was
1: like, like, that was cute too (laughs) yeah, <laughs>
2: the problem with a little captain. I think for me, that helped me see, like, okay, he obviously knows what it takes to keep me. It's not exclusively that, but at least it's paying attention, it's hearing what I'm saying, and it's putting it into practice.
1: Well, what I would say, to keep it real short and cute, is don't stop courting me, yeah. okay? Mm-hmm. It, don't ever get comfortable to where you feel like, oh, I already bagged this, I got it, I have to stop doing this. No, I still want to go on dates. Tell me, get dressed. You booked a reservation. You know, what I'm,
0: and I'm not gonna stop courting you. I cook, I clean, I do all that. Okay. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Enough, <laughs> no, but, but to y'all point and back to our first point, like when we are complaining, if you just listen and apply what we're saying, so if I say, hey, I really don't like when you do that, and then I see you have the opportunity to show me that you changed the behavior, that alone make me feel like, oh, I want to do something. Yeah. To but you. I feel like a lot of the fallout also-
3: comes from like women maybe not expressing themselves the way that they should. Mm -hmm. Because if you just come off and you're already spouting off, and, you know, that may not be received well by the man, and then you just come off as a nag. So there has to be this middle ground of great communication. It can't be like you're just riding his ass all the time. And he has to love you enough to hear you, receive you, and not let
2: it get to that so you have this frayed relationship where everybody's on edge. And And I feel like, like most people... Like men are people at the end of the day too, and I feel like for me, I got the best results when I was like, you know, treating him with like honey in a sense. Yeah. So the things that I know that he wanted, it's not like I'm just telling him, This is what I want, this is what I need, this is what it needs, this is how you cuff me. It's like I'm noticing what it takes to cuff you too. Because yes. men, men right. can right. leave. Yeah. <laughs> and yes. they have the full power and the Women freedom get to do comfortable. so. Women, Women get, get comfortable and they
3: comfortable. think it's all about yeah. what needs to be done for them, and that is not okay. Right. Oh, you know you still need to take care before? of your man. Yeah. Yeah. You have to. That's for me. I'm like, I don't listen. First First of all my love language is everything so do everything and that's <laughs> what kind of lover that i am like i do everything when i'm out i'm like oh, i'm gonna get a gift oh cooked meal let me help you out what can i do i'm constantly thinking of that how can i make your life better and more pleasurable and I
0: would hope that's reciprocated. That's really bad. really about the simple things, and I think that once we realize that he's not listening to me, he's not applying the changes that I said need to be made, then we will leave mentally before we leave physically. I know, like, in my past relationships, I would mentally be checked out six months before the relationship even ended, because I have given you so many opportunities, and I'm like, I'm kind of only sticking around now just out of obligation instead of real commitment. Because I was going to ask you, like, what are you waiting for after six months of, like, total displeasure. Like, I mean, what keeps you around? Is it the hope that maybe he'll do better? It's a little bit of the hope, but also out of obligation. And sometimes it's plotting the leave. Like, how (laughs) do you leave? (laughs) How do you leave in the right way? You Uh, know, I've never been in a situation where I had to live with a man or my financial, uh, my my livelihood was dependent upon him. But a lot of women have to plan that leave before they leave, especially if you have children involved or depending on how long the history is, holidays and stuff like that, you gotta plan that out. And sometimes you like ah, I don't want to leave right now because I know this coming up and we got it, we got this planned or this. So it's like a lot of women mentally leave before they physically leave. And you know, know what? I, like
1: I hate I starting around. over. I mm-hmm. think yeah, I think a lot yeah. of women can relate to that. Just trying to get to know somebody over, and we also see it's a lot of pee in the dating pool. Yeah. So just being in a rush to jump out there and just be having bodies and just because yeah. everybody want to do that, that's whack. Yeah. So it's like you kind of be like. I'm giving you a chance, but I don't really want to. But let me focus on myself, so I'm not... And if you choose to get right, then okay, cool. It, right. Sometimes yeah. it's that. And that's what's frustrating because yeah. it's like you want to give somebody these
3: opportunities and for me, it's like, I want to see the good in people and I feel like that's been my downfall sometimes because I'm not a liar. That's one thing I do not do. I hold no punches that way. I'm very honest. And I'm hoping that you're telling me the truth, but sometimes people be lying to you, capping as they say in ATL, all of this. <laughs> but it's just, it it sucks. It sucks because you, you're right. You don't want to have to start over, and I want to believe that there's a better side, but oftentimes there really isn't, and you really
2: need to pick up and leave, and, and there's no shame in starting over. Or sometimes I honestly feel like you know you need to do the work, too, and I feel like you can say to a man, hey, this is what I need, this is what I want, and he may have heard it, but at the same time are you the type of woman that naturally receives that anyway? You know what I mean? Are you the one that kind of naturally walks in that in that grace in that presence to say no this is how a man needs to treat me from day one to day 365 and i feel like sometimes for me if i've told a man in the past hey i want you to do this i want you to do that i had to check myself too i still want those things but i'm like how am i showing up to make him feel comfortable enough to be this type of way yes. towards me and know that this is something that I would receive and nothing less. So sometimes I, think, I gotta check myself, to I, be honest. Th- I think so yeah. too,
0: and I think you have to lead by example in relationships as women. Like for me, I really crave emotional intimacy. That's a huge thing for me. And to be intellectually stimulated. So for me, and a lot of guys don't know how to do that. Right. So what I will do is, hey, babe, let's have a date night in the house. I'll set up like, we got a little blanket on the floor, we got food, we got movies, mm-hmm. but i also have like questions or or these, like they have a lot of cards now on Amazon where you can ask deep questions, mm. so you can really get to know your partner, and then they get warmed up, and they're like, "Oh, this is." Fun. I like this. And you can do like, oh, if you don't answer, you gotta take a shot. (laughs) Or you can make it fun. And I think that shows men that, like, okay, she's willing to be emotionally vulnerable. So I should be emotionally vulnerable. Keep it spunky, basically. Don't get comfortable. It goes
1: back to when you get comfortable, you get bored and then you want to look at things new. Keep it spunky. Still get dressed up for your man. And as a man, to keep your girl, you need to keep it spunky too. Don't keep having sex in the bed. How about on the balcony? (laughs) You know,
0: keep
1: it spunky. In the garage. Up next,
0: Kennedy Root is giving us the tea and entertainment keep a locked for more black girl stuff and
1: I'm over all your sorry ass excuses I need more molding a little bit because right now I'm not feeling it
0: just want the love that's all but you'll never answer when I call I've been blowing through the money like you' grown cheese I've been on a french bitch say la vie i just put them on a jet now they all italian way i'm dressed until i've been to a thousand dollars this bitch lie getting shots but she's still a stallion she don't even get the joke but she's still smiling every night late night like i'm jimmy fouling crow shoot from anywhere like you ray allen de- welcome back to black girl stuff that was drake and 21 savage with their latest collab that has the people talk
4: who needs an alarm in the morning When McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba
0: and our very own Kennedy Rue is back in the BG house to discuss the controversy. Kennedy, good. Hey, ladies. So her
3: loss
2: is generating a lot of chatter, and some are saying it's clever wordplay, but others are going after the Toronto native for taking unprovoked jabs at famous black women. So I gotta ask y'all, is Jake wrong for mocking Meg's alleged shooting, or is he wrong? I feel like, you know, it definitely was a double entendre, right? Mm -hmm. But I think certain things don't even need to be said. Yes, it's a word play, and yes, we get the rap, the lyricism behind it all, but was that really necessary? It feels like it was just, like you said, unprovoked, and I think it's something he could have avoided, so it's feeling kind of cloudy to me, not saying that Drake even needs the clout, so I'm really wondering why. (laughs) Why was this even
0: something to do? Well, call me devil's Mm -hmm. advocate, because when I heard it, I was like, oh, like, it made me definitely feel like, oh, rap was back. I do uh, feel like art, all art forms, whether it's music, Um, Comedy, they should be covered. Like, you should be able to be raw, vulgar, and say whatever you want and be as real as you want. And I actually didn't really think it was about Meg because he said, if you listen, he said, the shots. So, me being from the strip club culture, I thought he was talking about ass shots. No, Honestly, that is what he was talking about. Yeah. And I got it from the beginning, but that doesn't
2: mean, like, it was something that was needed. And I also think, yes, rap's been back, it never left, to be honest. There are different shots that you could have taken, literally, at different rappers, and he did. He, that's he did, a bar right He there did right. Yeah, you yeah. know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, different <laughs> shots he could have taken. And I think, too, and he did, obviously, with, like, you know, with Kanye, too, there was lyrics about him that he said, and I feel like just keep it... I just keep like, it towards things that affect you. Megan had nothing to do with <laughs> your pending case. The internet's
3: divided, mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. uh, Meg, of course, you know, had responded and she was not too happy about it, obviously. Mm-hmm. It's like making fun of a black woman's pain. Mm-hmm. For me, I didn't take it like that. I felt like this album, the theme of it, her loss, is just, you know, aimed at that and just talking trash. And I feel like maybe Meg could fire back. But it was a very sensitive issue for her.
0: So, I would definitely that, like yeah? to see Meg fire back. I want to get back to where artists respond with the art instead of just tweeting about it. Let's get in the booth and And rap about it. And Megan definitely is one of those artists that can hold her own. Mm -hmm. Again,
1: I knew what Drake was saying. I definitely knew he was talking about the shots. Only thing is, it was kind of a sensitive issue since it's still ongoing. I think it was kind of just too soon, especially with all the gun violence that's going on right now. I think the kind of pun was just a little bit, like, kind of tricky. But I do like the wordplay. You know, Drake is known for the captions. He's kind of like a little Wayne. He gonna come with the with the words. You and it's right got up. us talking for sure. And like
3: I said, mm-hmm. people are divided about it, but 21 Savage was pretty clear about how he felt. Let's see what he had to say.
4: I'm behind him. I'm <laughs> no, for real whatever though. Whatever he's standing on, I'm standing on it too.
1: There he is. Let's do something. <laughs> Since we're
3: on the music train, y'all, I'm so excited. Did you know that Snoop Dogg is finally
2: making a film about his life? Oh my god! He's in development with Universal Pictures and the Hughes Brothers to make the authorized biopic under the newly formed Death Row Pictures banner. That's
0: gonna yes. be exciting. I'm so yes. excited
2: because I love Martha Stewart, but it's time to get out the
1: kitchen, Snoop. <laughs> All,
0: right. All,
1: right. All right, I want to hear the real story, and and he's actually lived to actually tell his story, and that's through
0: at decades of hip-hop right. at that and I don't
1: like that, that, that he waited. Too. He wasn't yeah. so quick. you know. And everybody kind of s- told their story of his life and what he experienced, but
0: he gets to tell us what really went down, and I'm ready for the Snoop D.O. double, yeah. okay? Right. And I think it's <laughs> yeah. huge for artists like him to tell their story while they're still here so that nobody else is telling the story wrong and getting it wrong. You know right. what I mean? So I'm excited. To I see mean, him. he's just a he's a juggernaut.
3: I mean, it goes beyond hip-hop when it comes to Snoop. I mean, this is a man who can be on a TV show and do his thing, host TV shows, be on sports, and that's what yes. networks. He's mm-hmm. just yes. that sought after t- type of talent. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I love Snoop. I will definitely be watching. I
1: yes. cannot wait. I'm definitely yeah. going to watch. I wait. Yeah. You know what? I believe whatever Uncle Snoop say happened, happens. <laughs> right. Yes. Yes. We trust yes. you,
2: Uncle Snoop. Okay, we trust Uncle Snoop. Yes. And you guys know he's going to have music from his catalog actually in the film Amazing. as well. Oh, so, good. do y'all have any favorite Snoop songs?
1: Favorites? Ooh. How can you pick Ooh. Snoop? Ooh.
0: Oh, yeah. Ooh. You know, but you know what's See, one of my favorites? My favorite. That's not like an older <laughs> Snoop song. Sexual Seduction. Oh, that was a good one. A good one. Guess, Guess what? I got a surprise. It hasn't been released, but I got a
1: song with Snoop Dogg. Yeah!
2: I know. I couldn't
1: believe that I actually got the feature. I actually DM'd him, and I I didn't think he was going to get on it. I was like, I got a song. It's the 90s vibe. It's called 90s with Eric Billinger. And I DM'd him, and then he actually was like, hold on. Let me listen to it. And I was like, you know, you don't got to get on that. I'm just sending it to you. And he actually sent wow. it back like in a day. That's dope. No, wow. but
0: yeah. Snoop is really down to earth and He's really cool. I yeah, met yeah, him one yeah. time. I was actually doing interviews at a concert, and I got to smoke with Snoop, Dogg. You smoke a Duval. like you think Lit.
1: about that. Yes. Yes. With Salifa, Snoop. Yeah. I didn't yes. get with
0: Lee yes. yet, but it was me, Snoop Dogg, and Lil' Duval. That was a good That's blood. blood. Yeah. You was <laughs> like I <did>. this. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, Kennedy, it's always fun when you stop by the BGS house. Up next, we have the iconic Dallas Austin in the house. Keep it locked for more black girl stuff.
4: So I've been staying out of the R&B is Dead conversation until this record right here came out. This record, me and OG Parker, Romano did on Ari Lennox called Tatted. This your R&B right here, baby. This your R&B right here.
0: That's how you pop your stuff, okay? That was our next guest, Grammy Award-winning producer, the Dallas Austin himself, the legend. Welcome to the BGS house, Dallas. Welcome, Dallas. Hey, hey, Dallas.
4: Man, thank y'all for having me, man. Can't wait to come in and sit there with y'all. I'm a big fan, so Man, thank y'all are, for having me.
0: We are so excited to have you, and you have hits on hits on hits. Decades worth of hits. <laughs> but I got to ask you, you know, with you being a pioneer in the R&B industry, and R&B is evolving, where do you see, what are some of your predictions of where R&B is going now, whether it's good or
4: bad? It's, it's going a lot better than, I think, over the last even five to ten years. Like, because it got caught up in being in... Hip-hop and rap became so popular, you know, as a, as a, as a trend period that I think that, like everything else, it ate up R&B for a minute, and the A&R people and everybody else just wasn't, you know, it, it wasn't trying to hear anything that had chord progressions or anything that was really, you know, had a lot of singing to it. And Even when, like, the Summer Walkers came out, started to be like, OK, you know, they're starting to open up more to not just being, not just limited to R&B in a way, you know? Now I think we're at a really progressive place. Mm-hmm. I love it right now because... It's that place where, you know, you see it, you know, you see people, whether it's even like what Bruno Mars and them were doing um, to all the way up to. Uh, Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So, yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Usher's been doing with uh, Jermaine has been doing with uh division, you know what I'm saying? It's like now everybody's feeling the RB is is, I don't think it ever died. it would be fair for unfair for some of the people who during that time were still making what we call RB because people were still like a Chris Brown record here or that person there, you know. It's just that it wasn't getting the 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 heart and the soul of the RB kind of left because everybody wanted to kind of auto-tune it and dumb it down you know, to fit into what was going on in hip hop. So I think right now we're in a really good place. And I think where we're headed, because we've been there so long in that other place, where we're headed now is going to push the envelope for way more R&B to be more open. I'm looking forward to it.
3: I'm just curious, Dallas, I mean, what, what's your take on artists like Drake or, or Bryson Tiller, who've integrated hip hop and that R&B mix too? Because it's not just the soulful ballads, you know, they add a little bit of that gangster in there too. I mean, what's your take on those kinds of people?
4: First off, big shout out to Drake for, uh shot me out in, um, on a new record with him at 21 Savage. I had to be like, all right, my stock went up for a minute. <laughs> um, but, you know, we come from an era of Lauryn Hill, right? So we had some hip hop. She was kind of the first one that we kind of respected, I would say. Hardcore being, being coming from both. Because at one point, us as a culture wasn't really allowing it. It wasn't nobody doing it that great. And I think, I remember when Drake first came out, I was like, man, he's the baby face of rap. Because, wow. you know, he's talking to women. He's he's instead of diminishing them off the bat, he's my baby, you my everything you all ever wanted. Yeah. And it was at a time where everybody was just like diminishing women so bad that you know he came in smooth with it. And then to be able to rap too, you're like, okay, this kid is, and then he's light skinned, and he's he's from Canada, he ain't from the hood, he ain't coming from, from the grass, he ain't from the hard background. So I think that, you know, and that's one of the reasons I say right now why he's really that much more untouchable is because when he gets to him singing and having melodies and having songs that he's done in that realm, it kind of takes him out of the realm of everybody else unfairly. So Drake can kind of of go into everybody's mode and he can take a little bit of everybody's thing and probably do it better than them. Oh, yeah. Um, That goes back to what we heard with Jodeci. You know, we still ain't there yet. <laughs> <laughs>
0: we recently had a discussion yeah. about women being pitted against one another, particularly black women in hip hop. And you were one of the creators behind the culture classic, The Boy Is Mine with Brandy and Monica. And there was a lot of drama behind that. Do you think black women are often pitted against each other in the music industry? And if so, why?
4: It used to be that it was a union more so because it was like everybody's on the same side of trying to make it against the man. You know what I'm saying? But... Now that social media has come to play, everybody's going to get pit against each other just by one message, just by one thing, just by one thing you said on socials, right? And then when you when you have a platform where everybody else is seeing you say something about somebody, that's hard for you not to say something back. You know, it's hard for you not to have a stance with that person. And I think that it's more even social media because, you know, it wasn't a time. At one point, you couldn't be a star just from having your own phone. You couldn't want to outdo somebody else. Um, just because you have your own phone and you looked at them and seen what they was doing. I want to do that better and I want to look better than them and I want to do this better than them. You didn't have that ability before. So when you start to gain fans, you know, and likes and people and all that, your ego started to go up at the same time, Mm -hmm. you know? And I do think it causes a sense of division between women because women got egos just like men and everybody else. You know, you want to be better than the next and you don't want nobody to say one thing that you might take shite. It's almost like rap music because you'd be like, man, did she say that about me? And then your friend might be like, man, she wasn't talking about you for real. Yes, she was. You not undertones. So it started to go there. It's really a social thing that makes it worse that way, you know. But I, I really feel like, and because it's more women now that are accepted, it's way more women rappers. At one point, you didn't have none. Right. You know, we had Lil' Kim. You know, we had Moni Love in them before that, but then you had Nikki come. And then for a long while, you still didn't have nobody else. Now... You know, then that thing started to be like, okay, he's Megan, is Gorilla, he's this person, is that person, is that. little pockets of women. And that's when it really started. Now that everybody mm. started getting some some juice and getting some I stuff, agree. then the little you know, beef is popping. But before that, you really didn't have it.
3: I felt like it helped the artist because when we talk about The Boy Is Mine in particular, you know, you're familiar with that, of course, with Brandy and Monica. I mean, there was yes. real drama there. So I felt like it was kind of cool. You got to pick size. Are you with Brandy or you team Monica? What's up with that? I mean, do you feel like there's an upside to it?
4: Oh yeah, because the thing was the thing about that record was it was it was real in the sense of Monica's from the south side of Atlanta and Brandy's from LA in Hollywood. And so the two characters alone, you know, I remember when we were making Monica's record, I said, okay, they got a Brandy and Brandy's more like, I wanna be down. Monica's like, you gotta get down. Hey. Right? So her attitude was a flip of hers in the first place. And we did that on purpose because that was Monica's real attitude. She was just so like Attitude. That's why the first album was Miss Thing because she had so much like like a little bit of anger, a little bit of like just you know. And we channeled all that attitude through the record. And she always knew that she was the opposite of, of Brandy. And I think that at one young point, Brandy made, it made her feel like diminished at some capacity before we even did The Boy it Was Mine. It's just like kind of like the difference in the LA thing and the Atlanta thing. You know what I'm saying? They talk different, you act different. You know, we can be considered ghetto if you want to call it that, but. You know, and so I think it took off way back before the boy's mind with just that whole like and that that was going on. Right. So we're doing the record. First off, Monica didn't want to do it at first, um, obviously. Um, but everybody knew that it was Clive Davis's idea. He kept looking for us to have a record called The Boy's Mind. He was like, we got to have it like the girl is mine. We need a boy's mind. And so he hit me and he hit Rodney. So you guys got to figure it out because uh, you got the two that could that obviously do it. Um, and, see, have to talk. and we recorded Monica in Atlanta, because <laughs> she wasn't going out there recording. She was real Monica, <laughs> like, right. she hadn't grown up enough to have a, a sense of, like, nothing but loyalty at that point. And her loyalty was to Atlanta and to the South and to the attitude she had.
1: Okay, so Dallas, most producers all have that one artist who they feel like got away. Is there an artist that you let slip through the cracks? And if so, who?
4: Justin Bieber.
1: Wow. Wow! wow. I didn't expect yes. you to say
2: that. Yeah.
4: I had Rowdy at, uh, at Universal at the time, and he was staying in my house. And because when Scooter moved into Atlanta, he didn't have any other friends. So my son became his friend. He lived with us. And I would go to the studio with him every day, play drums, play keyboards. And I would go to Sylvia Rohn, and I'm like, yo, this kid's a star. He's, like, living with me. This kid's incredible. You got to let me sign him. It's like, Dallas, kids are on the end right now. I kept trying. Scooter kept trying every way possible. It was like, dude, sign the kid. Sign the kid. But Sylvia wasn't. She was like, she wasn't with it.
2: Let's yeah. be honest here. You not only have conquered the billboard charts, but you also took your talents to the big screen. You made a major impact here in Georgia from producing classics like ATL, Drumline. Just would you care to explain how Georgia even got in the mix?
4: It was crazy because I was trying to, uh, when I was doing Drumline, nobody knew how major it would be. Um, because it, I think the only movie we can compare it to at the time is I Got the Hookup. Like wow. somebody black making a movie a young. So they didn't really take it that serious. And so um, when I finally got it made, and we started making it in Atlanta, and it started like, running around, and it's, you know, it's been the first $18 million movie that's kind of shot here. That, and Fox didn't know what to do with it. It, I, it took me 10 years to make that movie. Like, every day Damn. for 10 years, I'd be like, how do I get this made? How do I get this made? Changing writers, changing stuff. And then you know, finally, Fox was like, man, we got to make It was a high school movie at first. So it was like, man, we got to make this movie. Does it take place in college? And I'm like, well, yeah, it's even bigger in college. Because I tried to talk them out of it because I just wanted to get the movie back. Um, and so we started to make it, it turned out great, it turned out to be, you know, exactly what I wanted it to be, you know, because to me it belonged not just to me, it belonged to the marching band. If I didn't get the story right for the band, then I didn't get the story right for me. You know, I couldn't read music. I joined the band when I was little. My brother was the section leader before that. So I would just practice with them all the time as a kid at home, and that's how I knew how to play better than everybody. Um, So I just kind of incorporated my story into the story of the marching band. And then after that success, I already had the movie uh, ATL. It was called Jelly Beans at first because of the skating rink in Atlanta. And um, we had the movie But Fox, uh, but I had it at Warner Brothers, right? And Fox was like, okay, Drumline is a success. Uh, He's got that other skating rink movie, so we're going to put out a skating rink movie. So they put out Roll Bounce, right? So Roll Bounce ended up making it where they were like, OK, we're not going to make ATL because it doesn't make any sense. They already made this movie. And I'm like, dang, we're Damn. working on this 10 years. I said, hold on, but you know what the difference is? That's a period piece. I said, in Atlanta, we're skating right now every Sunday.
0: Every day. I yes. said, what do you mean?
4: I said, we're skating every Sunday. and we skating the TI. we skating the trap music. we skating. That's where all the action goes down. And everything is happening right now. That's a period piece. That's old. And they were like, really? OK, well, go shoot in New Orleans. And I'm like, in New Orleans? They say, yeah, because it's going to cost you too much to shoot that in Atlanta. You know, everybody's going to New Orleans to shoot. And I'm like, dude, I got my, but everybody I skate with, they're still skating. It's they're at the skating it. right now. <laughs> Why would I do that? So, shoot them all to Atlanta, I mean, to New Orleans. So that made me start diving down the hole of like, OK, I got to pass a film bill to make me be able to shoot ATL in Atlanta. So I, I grabbed a friend of mine's bill from New Orleans. I bought it into Atlanta and to the uh, the state capital. And they was just like, nope. We don't know what you're talking about. And, you know, it's a place called Atlanta, and it's a place called Georgia. It's way different.
0: Exactly. And okay. When you yes. go in the
4: state capital, yeah, you're going into Georgia, and you're like 20 year old kid, 23 year old kid, going, "Hey, I want you to pass this bill so I can shoot this movie." And they're like, "Just no." And finally, the governor started getting backlash from it, um, and then he came to me and was like, "Dallas, what do I do?" I said, "We got to figure out a way to pass this bill because Georgia could be this place, it could be that place. You got islands, you got beaches. You know, I didn't know what it was going to turn into. I was just trying to get." ATL done you know so i end up going to speak at the g8 summit on behalf of the state of georgia got the bill passed cut the ribbon we shot atl which was the first movie uh shots shot in the film and senate And from that point, it opened the doors for everybody.
0: We appreciate that. Because as a little ATL girl that learned how to skate at Golden Glide and Cascade, and then now to have big major productions and major studios move here, like Revolt itself is in Atlanta because of the work and the groundwork that you laid down. So we thank you for that. You are definitely a legend and have put in that work. Thank you so much for stopping by the BGS house. You know we like to keep it rowdy, so we all gonna head over to rowdycollection.com to cop some of them pieces. Stay tuned for more black girl stuff. drink my wine every day hell yeah i'ma drink my wine every day other the hour getting tipsy getting drunk like i'm at happy hour hold on i'ma oh, drink my wine okay. i'ma drink my wine hey i it, okay welcome back to black girl stuff that was tick tock user that's renee bay helping us weigh in on drunk behavior. So ladies, it's time to grab a drink. Let's oh, get lit with, it. lit with it. Okay. Yes. Oh wait, wait, wait. We got to do a little cheer. Yes. yes. I'm squatting, so come to on. Yes. To be to health,
1: wealth we and go. success.
2: Okay. okay. So you know when the liquor hits the system and liquid courage takes over, things can get a little saucy, all right? Oh, so y'all, have you ever had a
0: drunken experience that you either regretted or was it everything you needed? Well, I have one that I definitely was embarrassed about. Oh. So with my ex on our second date, it was a flyout situation. He flew me out to Miami, which was real cute or whatever. He cooked me dinner. On the second day? On Hold on, I'm
2: still on that. Yes. <laughs> That's but what I'm talking about. I know, right? He
0: did his big one. But he cooked me dinner. We took shots. We had drinks. We were having great conversation. We did a little drinking game. I was a little lit. We went out to the balcony to just have like romantic conversation by the ocean. I end up falling asleep. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, this is ludicrous. and peeing on myself. Girl, (laughs) why? Because I heard the the water,
1: you know? (laughs) What was his reaction?
0: Was he nice? Was he being a about it. Like. So when he woke me up <laughs> oh, okay. to tell me to go get in the bed, he was like, why your booty wet? And I was like, my booty wet? <laughs> <laughs> and to this day, we laugh about it, but it was a wow. great little yeah, bonding I moment. I <laughs> <Right. laughs> right. blame it
2: on the ocean. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> or the right. Or the also, Well, I remember, it's funny because you have to start with I remember. The things remember. that I do remember when, <laughs> right. when I was drunk, right? So usually I'm like... I can do a couple drinks, no problem. But there's one time where I was out with a friend and we were having such a good time out in the city, being young, dumb. But she also brought her French friend with her. And so we having a good time. And from the next day, my friend told me, like, girl, you was speaking French to her all night. And like, <laughs> okay. like, not oh, being okay. bilingual. I was like, not me being bilingual, bilingual bae. Like, literally, <laughs> I so all, all I know is bonjour when I'm sober. So oh, clearly, uh, uh, <laughs> you were like, wee wee. <laughs> right. Okay.
0: Maybe you were getting a little French lesson. Ah. Uh, okay. Maybe it was French- a French kid. connection. Okay. Mm-hmm. A little
1: French connection. She was speaking French all right. Right.
2: <laughs> they were speaking French. I was speaking. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay. So,
2: uh, Tori, uh,
3: you go uh, I'm, uh, uh. I'm asking the <laughs> <laughs> well there was this one time when i was at work right no i'm kidding it's right now no um, <laughs> when i finally realized that um my relationship with my ex was over i had that henny and i had six shots of henny oh, all i remember <laughs> oh, that's <not> <laughs> and that's a lot because i do not drink like that but i felt like this is what people do Rocky. this is I, i'm sad right now let me take this six shots of henny and then I was laid out on the floor, and he just looked at me like, what the hell is wrong with you? And I'm just like, hello, darkness, my old friend. <laughs> and, he, you know, and then he gave me some bread, and all I remember is waking up the next morning with bread in my mouth. Oh, That's so funny. I don't know, that's not a good story, but it was very sad. But the Henny, I don't know if it helped, but it made me feel... Accurate.
1: I don't know. They say Henny put, know, like they puts hair like... in your chest, so yeah. I feel like you were bold into <laughs> I needed to, yeah. So, so then... you said any, anything you regret or uh, and also liked? Yeah, had had what yeah just some good, drunken stories. Mm, so we could do a regret one. That's cool. <laughs> Let me see, because I've had so many. <laughs> um, okay, so I got drunk one time. We was having a great time. And I was actually going through a breakup at the time. This was a while ago. And it was this girl, she was consoling me, and I don't know, I must have was super happy. And at the time I was drunk, so she looked a little cuter than what I thought. <laughs> girl, when I woke up, I kinda like did a, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I, I kind of slid it. about it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh Yes, it wasn't. Yes. I was like, oh. The Oops. Drunk goggles got you. And got me. Maybe I was squinting. That's what So this leads me to okay, so what type of drinker are y'all? Are you a happy drunk? Are you an angry drunk? Are you emotional? Are you the life of the party? I'm mm, I I the life of the party. Y'all. you like the party? Yeah, because yeah. I do hosting. So I got a party, but I always bring somebody with me sober, my cousin. His name is D. Anthony. And the reason why is because I can't let the people see me like that. So whenever you get a little, uh uh, he be like, hey.
2: Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Time You're
1: to go. In. You know? Time yeah. to go. Bro, you yeah. back in. No, like I'm that. such
2: a happy drunk. I'm like, where are we going? What we doing? Who's coming? Like I'm talking to everyone. I'm really outgoing when I'm like drunk especially. And I just like I just want to be in the vibes, right? Yeah. I just want to feel the vibes, be the vibes, love the vibes, drink the vibes. All <laughs>
1: sure. the
2: things.
0: <laughs> no, I think for me it definitely does depend on what I'm drinking, cause vodka can take me up through there. Like that mm. make me a grown man. You know what I'm I I mean? saying? I, I get a little angry um, oh, wow. on the vodka, but when it's tequila, <laughs> I'm so fun. But I'm also emotional. Not in a sad emotional. Like I start telling you, I love you so oh, much. Yeah, I love <laughs> you. You know, I really appreciate what you did. Like I. I pour my heart out to you if I'm emotional. Yeah. I like it just depends
1: on
3: how I feel in that moment, it's going to amplify it times 10. So if I, And it also depends on what you're drinking, like you said, because if I'm drinking Chardonnay or white wine, that just makes me so sad, and it gives me a headache. I don't know. But then tequila, that's fun. But if I'm already kind of, you know, feeling conflict-oriented, I shouldn't be drinking. No. I'm going to tell you that right now. I get a little, you know, like, about it with that. So I, oh, I watch myself. I don't I don't really drink like that. But when I do, sometimes I also find myself sending out that text to, you know a lover or something (laughs) like that and it might be long it might be beautiful it might be Shakespeare you just never know so I'm just curious I've sent out a drunk text Mm.
2: yes to people that I rock with and they're like what 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 what?" I'm like oh I wrote that yeah it's just for you. I'll be playing to be honest I'm not really drunk but I know I'm gonna send it and probably misspell a word or two so you could think I'm drunk. (laughs) So if I have to, like, circle back and be like, nah, like, you know, it was out of my mind, like, you know, disregard that, that, then it's fine. Or if you pick up what I'm putting down, I'm like, yeah, let's... So it's a little safety measure for me. But then (laughs) I have to ask you, okay, so has anybody ever approached
0: any of you guys with that liquid courage? And if so, I mean, you know, how do guys do that all the time in the club, especially with us being beautiful? Mm -hmm. And sometimes we can come off, like, intimidating. I think they got to take a shot or two to get their courage (laughs) up to come over and walk over and speak to you. But I like when guys send you drinks, too, like, or send you a bottle. Yeah. Okay, thinking about it because I don't want to do that drunk conversation
1: stuff. So let me <laughs> ask y'all another question. Okay, have you see when I drink? Sometimes I get a little, <laughs> you know. Have y'all ever thought it was gonna go down, but then you drank and you went to sleep? Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But Cardi B, Cardi B did say right? she had a solution to that. She, What'd you do? She said if you have plans on doing it after the club, and you, but you get too drunk and fall asleep, she says the solution is to just do it in the club. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's what Cardi B said. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, that might be sexy. It might, it might God, be a little fun. I just, I just I think, it's, I
3: think it's funny, though. I feel like I've had people, though, approach me First of all, it's never ruined no sexual encounter for me. It's either amplified it or whatever. I'm not going to sleep. I didn't really do that. A thing. Oh wait, wait, wait! I, I don't have one yeah, of those I though. I don't have that. What i saying. I don't have that though. But if they have it, that's unfortunate. That's unfortunate. That's unfortunate. Because Henny Henny D is <laughs> like the total opposite, <laughs> from what I've heard. But no, I, I just heard. had to go back though because I feel like there was this guy one time, and he had been trying to shoot his shot for a while now, but just playing it low key, just sending the DMs like super complimentary. And then one day, he just started DMing me saying this random stuff, implying that he likes me, and I didn't get back to him fast enough because you know I don't be, you know I gotta go to sleep. And then he kind of, like, erased all of it, unsent all the messages, and he was like, oh, I was drunk last night, and I thought that was kind of weak. No, and I hate on, when people, yeah, you know, yeah. use liquor as a disguise mm-hmm. to finally tell you your feelings. Mm-hmm. I feel like you should stand on them. Mm-hmm. If it gives you that extra boost,
0: that's right. cool, but don't be blaming it on the alcohol. Come on. <laughs> well, ladies, I feel like we need to cheers to that. Remember, ladies out there, drink responsibly and stay lit. Up next, our BG Boss of the Week. Stay tuned for more black girl stuff. Okay, let's okay. we oh. drink. We're gonna drink right. today. Cheers!
4: Sit down. Stand up. Pass out. Wake up. Fade it. Fade
2: it in the medical research field. You need to have women there to get their point of view. A lot of things, um, a lot of medical research, because it's considered with men, they don't consider the female. So when you have females that are working in the field, they'll they'll more likely give that point of view and speak up and do more research for females. And that's just a, a small example. That was Emmy Award winning
3: TV personality and comedian Lonnie Love. Lonnie recently joined forces with Media Planet to advocate for girls and women in STEM. This campaign will educate and share resources to assist with bridging gender equity gaps in STEM education and careers. Lonnie says diversity is needed in STEM because there are many issues that affect women differently than men when considering solutions and having women to give their expertise can prove to be valuable. Lonnie, Love, we see you, girl. We appreciate you. And of course,
0: we salute you for being a BG boss. Yes. I love Ms. Lonnie. Yes, I do, too. And I agree with her point. Not just with women and adding that diversity to it, but also adding more black women to the medical field, because that's a huge thing as well. Especially
3: when you consider black mortality rates when it comes to uh, being in the hospital, giving birth to children. I mean, black women are, what,
0: three times more likely to die than
3: white women. When it comes to that, I mean, it's a serious thing.
2: For sure, for sure. sure.
0: Well, Akila, your BG boss is making STEM dope for other young black girls.
2: Yes, that's right. My BG boss is Elena McWhorter. This 13-year-old is the youngest black person to get accepted into medical school, y'all. Elena is the truth, okay? She is currently a junior at Arizona State University, and baby girl is breaking records out here. She's also the youngest person to ever intern at NASA. She says, I was like, this is what I want to do. I want to go into healthcare, I want to help others, and get involved with underrepresented communities. Elena McWhorter, you are the epitome of Gen Z leadership, and we support you for all of your efforts. We salute you for being a BG boss.
0: So you gonna take us to the hospital and to the mall? Okay. I'm here for it, girl.
3: <laughs> I just think it's amazing. I mean, she's gonna be like a teenage doctor. Could right. you imagine just walking in, oh,
1: there it is. It's there like, it is. yeah. I think that that's so crazy. She's starting at 13 years old, so imagine how much practice she's gonna get before she gets to... The age that our doctors are. Right. You know?
0: That's all the show we have for now, but we would love to thank tonight's guest and our very own Kennedy Rue, always keeping it real with her chronicles. Until next time, see you later. See you later.